0: If you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Well, here we are. We've just about made it through that First full week of Lent. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Josh Raymond. So happy to have you with us here during this hour that we dedicate to spiritual direction every day. We talk with a different priest on the air and look at areas of our own spiritual journey try and understand how God is speaking to us, how the Holy Spirit might be leading, and uh, try and help and encourage each other too by our own by sharing our own experiences here. And uh, so today as we begin, how are things going for you here in this Lenten season? about a week and a half that we've been in Lent so far, have you been able to spend a little more time in prayer? Have you been able to find some good opportunities to give a little extra to those in need, the almsgiving part of Lent? And are you staying strong with whatever it is that you've given up for Lent, whatever you're fasting from throughout this Lenten season? Well, last night when I got home from work, it was the toughest night for us on our fasting for Lent, at least so far here. And our family, we've given up screens during Lent this year. And when I say screens, not for windows or screen doors, I mean like televisions, computers, phone screens, that sort of thing. So it mean, mainly means cutting out the entertainment side of any video screens where we might access that kind of thing. No movies, no television, no video games, no non-essential time that's spent on a laptop or a, a smartphone or anything like that. So we still have things to do, of course, for work, the kids for school, we have to pay bills things like that but everything else is pretty much gone for that screen time and it's been really nice our kids have all been spending time in our living room a lot of reading that's going on they're playing they're drawing you know the uh, sketching coloring uh, playing card games or other board games together this week however a couple of our kids had head colds including our youngest our little two-year-old Joseph and so it's been a bit of an exhausting week with him waking up in the middle of the night because he's got that stuffed up nose. He can't breathe very well. So yesterday in the evening, my wife, Baylen and I, she and I both said, uh, it really sounds nice to be able to just crash on the couch, turn on something to watch. But we didn't. We helped hold each other accountable. But we are hoping that Joseph gets over his cold quickly so that we can try and catch up on a little sleep this weekend. But then this weekend, it kind of is this Murphy's Law moment since we have Daylight Savings Time that's going to kick in on Sunday and we'll lose that hour of sleep there. Uh, By the way, that's your reminder. Don't forget to set your clocks ahead, anything that doesn't update automatically. But Daylight Savings Time, of all the weekends, right? (laughs) Of course, it had to be the weekend where we had a sick toddler earlier in the week that robbed us of sleep already through the last few days. I will say, though... As much as Baylen and I, we might want to get an extra hour or two of sleep. More than that, we just want Joseph to feel better. If you're a parent, you, you know what I'm saying. You know what it's like to have that sick infant or that sick toddler and they just feel miserable. And there's just very little you can do for them. You can mainly hold them and try and provide them with a little bit of comfort while that cold or that flu bug runs through their system. And since there's really that limited ability to communicate with a small child, you just hold them. You hold them while they're suffering there. Either they're just kind of in silence, feeling lousy, or maybe they're whimpering or crying a little bit because they don't have the ability to put into words how they're feeling. It's the tears, it's the sobs that end up communicating that they're not feeling well. You also know as a parent in that moment, as you try and comfort that little person, as they suffer with you, their sickness... Well, there's a good chance they're going to pass that along to you. But what else are you going to do? You know, you love your little child. You're not going to stop comforting them in that moment to only try and prevent yourself from getting a cold in the next day or two. And I think one thing that helps you as a parent in those moments, you know, when you catch a cold or you catch the flu, it's going to be momentary. You know, it's, it's a short little window where there's going to be that inconvenience when you're not feeling well. But your child, they don't have that same perspective. The suffering that they have in the present moment, you can't have some sort of rational conversation with them about, it's eventually going to pass and you're going to feel better again in a few days. It means nothing to them. They're just stuck right here, right now, going through, feeling miserable. But sometimes I think we as adults, we can kind of become like that little toddler with a cold when we face moments of suffering in our lives. We can sit there and just kind of wallow in our misery. It stops us. It makes us just be in that moment of feeling sorry for ourselves. We complain about how this might be the worst thing that we've ever experienced. It feels like this is never going to end. But as Christians, as Catholics, our faith says that's the wrong attitude. It's the wrong approach to suffering. So how should we handle suffering? How do you handle suffering? That's what we want to talk about today on The Inner Life, how we can make sense, how we can understand the suffering that we face in our lives. And joining us as our spiritual director. I'm so glad to welcome back to the program, Father Joseph Johnson. Father Johnson is a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis. He's the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Father Johnson, welcome back to The Inner Life today.
1: Thanks, Josh. Good to be with you. And I guess the Lord is going to use me to be your suffering today.
0: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Not at all. Not at all.
1: But, but I, um, I'm listening to you describe your son. I had that same head cold earlier this week, so I could, uh, I could resonate with that.
0: All right. Well, and it, did you have moments where you just sat there feeling sorry for yourself, or were you able to look at that and say, oh, it's just a momentary suffering, and I, I, can, I can move past this, and I can look at the bigger picture?
1: This was an easier one to, to do that. There are other moments, though, where where I do admit I, I feel sorry for myself, as as I think most of us still struggle with at other times when the cross is a little heavier than this.
0: All right. Well, so, Father, let's start with kind of the biggest question that we have when it comes to suffering. And that really is the why. You know, it's a question that commonly gets brought up by, uh, you know, people who might have an objection to the church, people who might have an objection to religion in general, even atheists who would deny, you know, that there is a God. They would say, why would a good and loving God allow suffering? And we're talking about minor suffering here, you know, as, as we start off talking about head colds or, you know, some sort of bug that we're going through. But I think, if you look at certain aspects of our world if you look at a child especially a young child who really is suffering something significant you know if they're if they're suffering battling cancer uh, if a child does die at a young age where they haven't had that potential to live out a life that seemed should be in front of them or children who are born in parts of the world where life will almost certainly be filled with suffering, you know, if it's a war area, if it's, you know, uh, if there if there's some sort of a dictator over that area. There's a lot of different suffering that we see in our world and so we ask that question, how, how how would God allow this suffering? How can we understand why God would allow this? You know, I I think it's a it's a good point, Josh. I think it's
1: the number one objection that people raise to the existence of God is you can look around the world and you can see order in creation and that points you towards a creator. But then you see the disorder of suffering and then that points you away. And And you have to wrestle with that. And of course, what what we have to to realize is that sometimes we feed the problem Because we say, well, that's the cross the Lord gave you. You know, backing up to Genesis, God created a beautiful world that was in perfect harmony. There were no crosses. So so that's the world that God created. Adam and Eve, by their sin, disrupted the harmony of God's creation. And that's where suffering enters in. And that's where death came that's where sickness came that's where our relations with one another were poisoned and our alienation from god which is why we needed a savior so so to to think about the world we have to first think about it as it was before because that's what god intended you know and and that's where uh you and i have to see The Lord didn't create a world where there was suffering. We introduced that. Now, then you say, okay, well, why doesn't God intervene and prevent it? And that brings us to the great question of freedom. You know, God respects our free will. We are made in the image and likeness of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means we have the use of reason. It means we have an immortal soul. But it also means that we have freedom. God is free, so for me to be created in his image like this, I have to have freedom as well. But God respecting our freedom, giving us that freedom and, and honoring it, God foresaw we're sometimes going to misuse that freedom. And that's where we inflict suffering upon one another. And yet the Lord doesn't block our freedom because without freedom, we're robots. And most of all, we're incapable of love. Love is something that has to be a gift that is given freely. And if I don't have freedom, I'm no longer capable of loving. And if I'm not capable of loving, then I'm not in the image of God who is love. And I'm not fulfilling what my plan is to live in love with God and neighbor. So... To kind of back up to the big picture, you see that freedom is a necessary thing for us in order to image God and to, to achieve the goal of our lives to live in love. But that sometimes means we're going to choose poorly and we're going to misuse our freedom and we're not going to be loving and there we introduce suffering for ourselves and those around us.
0: Do you think that there's also that that God allows suffering in our lives, kind of along the lines of you wouldn't know what a straight line is if you didn't have a crooked line. Um, you know you you have to be able to compare one to the other, that we don't know the true depths of joy and understand, the goodness of god if we don't see some of that suffering and experience some of that suffering so that we realize what awaits for us in heaven we will appreciate it even more
1: i think you're right we will appreciate it uh, all the more i don't think that is the primary though i would kind of twist it a little bit to more you know a physician uh you know gives us what we need but sometimes, you know, you're talking about your, your child being sick, you know, sometimes you have to, to force him to take a spoonful of medicine that doesn't taste very good, you know, but it's good for you. And, and so I think what the Lord does is he tolerates suffering. He tolerates the evils that, that cause suffering, but he never lets evil have the last word. So he draws out of it something good and And whether you and I like to admit it or not, Josh, but every single one of us, we have a lot of room for improvement, and of course, I think that's why Ash Wednesday resonates with people so deeply. People flock to churches on Ash Wednesday. It's not a holy day of obligation, much more than they, they come on, on a day that is a holy day of obligation, right? You're, because we sense deep within us that need for ongoing conversion, for repentance, for growing more holy, you know? And, and what we don't really necessarily understand is that I can't grow sometimes unless there's something that stretches me out of my comfort zone. Sure and And sometimes the crosses that come to us are like a scalpel in the hand of the divine physician to cut away from us uh, that which which is is hindering our our spiritual growth. Now we have to receive it i mean suffering by itself doesn't produce a good fruit; it can go either way. you see people that suffer and then they they had a traumatic childhood and they become an axe murderer. And you're like, oh, well, yep, look, that's that's the life they, they had. They suffered in that way and that it sent them off on a really bad path. But there's also those that suffer and it, then they respond to the graces that God offers and they use their suffering for something beautiful. And I think of right here in the Twin Cities, uh, a woman who grew up as a little girl in an abusive household and then she used all of her suffering as a way of, of learning to be compassionate to the suffering of others. So instead of being self-centered, look how bad I have it, you know, da, 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 and becoming angry or just becoming despairing, she turned all of her incredible suffering as a child into something where she feeds a thousand people a day now and, and runs a beautiful outreach to the poor. But that's all the fruit of one little girl's suffering. Mm-hmm. So for us, the question is you know, we get upset if the Lord doesn't take the cross away. Lord, I'm suffering, take it away. Instead of asking the Lord to take it away, can I not ask, Lord, help me to carry the crosses in my life in a way that unites me to you and that, that produces a good fruit of my conversion? That's a good prayer. That's a way not to waste the suffering.
0: Our spiritual director is Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, and today talking about understanding suffering, how we face suffering, and how that can help us grow in holiness, how it can help uh, us in, in living that life of freedom. And how have you been able to face that suffering in your life? How did making it through that suffering draw you closer to Christ? What are the fruits that you've seen of the suffering that you've gone through? How you were able to take those difficult moments and unite them to Christ so that it can help those around you know Christ better, so that it can serve the body of Christ, help the church grow. Maybe you are going through that suffering right now, and it's difficult, and you need a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement. As you're dealing with that, you can call in and speak with Father Joseph Johnson at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can email us, relevantradio.com, and we'll continue our conversation coming up in just a moment here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today, as we talk about that difficult topic of suffering, how we can face the sufferings in our lives, make sense of them, as well as how we can look and unite those sufferings with Christ so that we can have that fruit that helps us grow closer to Christ, but also helps those around us, helps build up the body of Christ. When have you gone through that suffering, and how did making it through that suffering help you in your relationship with Christ. And maybe you are going through that suffering right now at the present moment, and you're not sure how to deal with some of the things that you're going through, and you'd like to talk with Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, the number to call into the studio is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. And Father, maybe before we jump into anything else here, I know we've got... uh, that big question that I asked you right out at the the beginning of the hour, why does God allow these difficult sufferings, these things that we look at and say, ah, oh, you know, the, you, you talked about we can see the order of creation, but then we see the disorder of suffering. And it, that's going to be more than we can get into. I mean, we could spend probably two or three days' worth of conversation delving into the philosophical aspects of that. But if somebody wants to look at a good presentation, you know, how to understand that better, any recommendations of, you know, one of the church fathers, a saint, uh, a theologian, somebody who's written something on this that they could turn to and get a deeper dive into that question?
1: You know, there there are so many things that have been written about it, but to take perhaps a, a less... Heavy theological recommendation. Uh, I'm thinking of a couple of books that were written in the past, maybe 20, 25 years. One by Father Benedict Groeschel on suffering, and one by Dr. Peter Kreeft. Uh, and I think those two might be a little bit more accessible to our listeners. And, and very practical, uh, less of the theoretical and, the, and the, the deep abstract principles, but but kind of something that leads them more into it. Uh, and Dr. Peter Krift is also very much an advocate of C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis had dealt with this, uh, you know, as well. He wrote a book called The Problem of Pain, you know, and things like this that, that would be maybe helpful to our listeners. Uh, so Wonderful. on the intellectual level, anyway.
0: Yes, yes. Well, thanks for those recommendations, Father. Let's also talk about the, you know, when when we get into those moments, it's easy to say, okay, why are you allowing this to happen to me, you know? <laughs> and and I think there also has to be a little bit of caution on that point. You know, you you mentioned, why does God allow suffering? Well, there's the freedom aspect, but it also, you know, it can stretch us, it can grow us. And if we didn't have those moments of uh, resistance, of stretching, we might not grow the same way. So, you know, we we don't want to make it to where we think any and all suffering means I'm not doing what God wants, I'm out of God's will. You know, we, we have to be cautious on that front, but is it okay to just simply have those moments where you say, God, why me? Why are you allowing this to happen?
1: Absolutely. You know, that's, that's natural. And that's why you said, you know, there's the intellectual, we can, we can study about the issue, but, but when I'm suffering itself, you know, having a bunch of ideas doesn't help the fact that my heart hurts, you know, and, and that, 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 you know, realization uh, that all is not well and the fear that can come with that and, and just the, the lack of, of of a hope. Is this ever going to end? Like you said, like your, your son, we are like little children in that, right? That, that we can't see an end to this suffering. And, and so it's difficult to endure. We don't yet see that glory that is yet to come, that, that this in fact is the veil of tears. That's, that's where we are. Uh, you and I, especially in, in modern America, live in a society, I mean, that there's never been a society in the face of the planet as prosperous as ours. You know, forget what the stock market is doing today or yesterday or last week, whatever, but we have such a high standard of living for so many of our people. There's never been this type of uh, affluence and, and comfort, and yet still we can speak about suffering. So we need to think about how you and I, uh, with our suffering, are being stretched. Uh, and, and that beyond this world that, that we've tried to make into our heaven on earth is the real heaven, and that we are on a journey. And, and so part of what the stretching is, instead of setting our sights here and now, we have to set our sights on our true home, which is beyond, still up ahead. You know, and that's, that's really what we, in, in theology, we call it the eschatological perspective. That is, the perspective that looks towards the end, the real goal, uh, which, is, is, which is heaven. You know, our goal isn't to be well-satisfied, comfortable here on earth. This is the journey. This, this is, we are pilgrims, and that's what the scriptures are so clear on time and time again. Here we have no lasting home. Here we are in exile, you know, and that's, that again and again, the Lord is leading us beyond, not, uh, he didn't come down to Bethlehem and say, okay, I'm going to fix up everything here so you're perfectly comfortable. No, he's leading our journey to go beyond where we are and to use the fact that it's not comfortable, to, to actually strengthen our hope. We're looking forward to the place where the church's beautiful prayers at a funeral mass that speaks about where there are no more tears, there is no more suffering. That's where we're headed. But that's not where we are. That's our goal. We're on the, on the journey right now.
0: Father Joseph Johnson, our spiritual director, and let me give out the phone number again, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. As today we talk about suffering, what is that suffering that you've gone through in your life, and how has it helped you to have that long-term vision, not get caught up here in this moment? And and what helped you to be able to see, you know, this is not the end itself, that You were able to keep that that vision of heaven, of what awaits you, um, and be able to look at your suffering in that perspective. Maybe you're going through that suffering right now. It's something difficult, and you'd like some advice, some encouragement, uh, a little bit of help and hope here on your spiritual journey. You can call in and speak with Father Johnson, 888-914-9149. Father, let's go to Paula, who's listening to us in Memphis. Hi, Paula. Welcome to The Inner Life.
2: Thank you for let, taking my call. I just wanted to share an experience I recently had um, with, <clears throat> with my sister-in-law in Seattle, and I flew out there this past weekend to be with her. She's been on hospice after a five-year struggle with cancer, and um, she wanted me to come. And we had shared spiritual things together over the years, especially as she was suffering with her chemo and other problems she was having and um i had always told her to unite her sufferings with Christ on the cross and even though she's not catholic she was doing that and um i think she understood the concept even so at any rate um while she, when i saw her she was in such terrible shape I knew she wasn't going to last much longer. So I said a divine mercy chaplet in her presence and I said it out loud so she could hear it. And, uh, at the end of it, she started to, the last words I heard her say was, uh, our fa She was trying to say the, uh, the Lord's prayer, our father. And that just touched me so much. And, um, I kept telling her that she needed to remember and say to herself, Jesus, I trust in you. And she nodded her head, said she understood. And um, so I got back. I was flying home Sunday, and she died while I was on my way home. And I just felt like, you know, this was something we could uh, share that we had been through together. We'd suffered together. She supported me so much when my husband was dying. And uh, I just uh, thought your listeners might appreciate that.
1: Thank you so much, Paula. And and I'm I'm very sorry on on the loss of your sister. And you bring forward this beautiful aspect of what suffering does, not just in the person who is suffering the physical pain, but it, it creates an opening for the rest of us to bring love to the person. Right. And that's what you did flying across the country to be there uh, with your sister. And apparently that's what she did when your husband was dying. You know, and this is what Pope Benedict XVI spoke about. He said, suffering unleashes a tidal wave of compassion. And that, that's so true. You know, you get someone that gets a diagnosis of cancer, whatever. how many people step forward and say, I'm praying for you? How many people drop off meals at the house? How many people, you know, in so many ways, step out of their own concerns to make a gift of themselves to the person who is suffering? And, and that's, that's where, again, the Lord is using that suffering to stretch all of us, not just the person experiencing the suffering, but the people around that you and I have this opportunity to stretch, to be an instrument of the Lord's love towards that person who is in the suffering. And in a real, real way, to share that suffering. You know, that's, that's, that's what compassion is, to share in that suffering and to to walk with that person. Pope Francis talks about accompaniment, right? I can't fix your problem. You're in hospice. I wish I had a magic wand to make it all go away and that you'd be strong and jump out of bed. I can't, but I can accompany you with my love and prayers. I can walk with you on this journey. And as you're rounding the corner and home is coming in sight, I can be with you to encourage you on that last leg of the journey. And that's a beautiful privilege and that's what sometimes we shy away from suffering. We live in this modern technological society. In more primitive societies, death is common. You, you find people dying at home, right? Here now, it's mostly in hospitals and, and nursing homes and all that. And so sometimes we, we push that, that suffering, we push death away, and, and we don't want to look upon it. But it's actually beautiful to walk with someone until they go to the Lord. And it's a privilege to be with them in that. Uh, So God bless you for having done that for your sister.
0: Paula, I'm so glad you called in and shared your experience. Again, our phone number to call in to the show, 888-914-9149. As today we're talking about suffering. And Father, uh, before we go back to the phones, let's also talk about... You know, th- we, we've talked and kind of danced around this, but we haven't specifically said the phrase redemptive suffering. This is something that it's how we take those sufferings and we offer them up. You know, St. Paul talks about that in his letter to the Colossians, that we offer up our afflictions, that we can unite those sufferings with Christ. Can you walk us through just so we understand redemptive suffering and and why this is so important? It, it, I think also from the standpoint of it gives our suffering meaning and purpose as we're going through it.
1: Yes, and that's that's the key. Jesus did not abolish suffering, but he gave it meaning right and so st paul as you mentioned is a great one to help us through this you know st paul who says i know only christ and him crucified right and it's no longer i live but christ who lives in me you know so paul is giving us all through his epistles this beautiful way to think about our lives in union with christ and this great you know, uh, theological reality that sometimes it's so deep that you don't think about it, but the, that we're members of the mystical body of Christ. St. Paul, you know, hammers on that. We belong to Christ in his mystical body. And then St. Paul has this very perplexing phrase where he says, I make up in my own flesh what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ. And And you have two ways to to deal with this. You either go, okay, that's really weird. I'm going on to the next paragraph. I'm just not even going to stop there, right? Or you stop and go, what? What could be lacking? First of all, Jesus is the Son of God. And second of all, did you see what they did to him? What could be lacking? So we have to understand St. Paul is not saying that something is deficient, In the sufferings of Christ. Not deficiency. Not imperfect. Incomplete. That's what Paul means. I make up in my own flesh. What is incomplete. In the sufferings of Christ. Well what is incomplete? Well what did Jesus offer to the Father? Jesus offered himself. Did he offer part of himself? No Jesus offered. His entire self. His entire mystical body was offered to the father you and I have been offered to the father in the sacrifice of Christ and so there's nothing deficient it's just that I have my part to play in this which is not a punishment and it's not just a transformation of me that I, I, though I do, I do need those sufferings to help me stretch away from selfishness, right? But it's more than that. It's a privilege. you and I are part of the redemption of the world that Christ bends down to us, He takes on our human nature first of all, but then he invites us to be part of this, redeeming the world he he shares with us his mission that's how great our dignity is and that's how great the dignity of suffering is that god turns a curse into a way of being part of christ's mission to save the world that's beautiful it hurts mm-hmm but
0: it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, could there be any more meaning, any more purpose to our suffering than we are cooperating? We're participating in that way to help redeem the world. Uh, Father, let me throw out the phone number again, 888-914-9149. As today we're talking with Father Joseph Johnson about the sufferings that we face in our lives. Maybe you're going through that suffering right now and... You need some advice some encouragement you can call in and talk with father johnson maybe you've been through that suffering in the past how were you able to unite those sufferings with christ offer those up embrace those sufferings so that they served that bigger larger purpose to help redeem the world you can call in 888-914-9149. Father, let's go to Joanne who's listening in Chicago. Joanne, it sounds like you've experienced your own redemptive suffering here in your life.
3: Okay. Back in 2020, I was diagnosed with endometrial cancer, but I, I denied it until a friend said, you better go and check it out. And I did. I had six rounds of chemotherapy and five rounds of radiation. I'm and i'm in remission now it 's going to be a year I had to have an operation and I, and i'm doing fine now i 'm dealing with um spinal stenosis and arthritis. I could barely walk i 'm on a walker, but I love my walker it it helps me an awful lot, and I just thank God that I can walk and I thank god that i can I can get up and i can I can put one foot in front of the other. I mean, you die from cancer, you die from that, but you don't die from spinal stenosis. I just smile, grin, and bear it. And I, and and if I see somebody worse off than I do, I just say, just trust in Jesus, trust in our heavenly mother, and she'll take care of it, and she'll see us through. His grace saw me through, and I'm going through this spinal stenosis right now. Today is my birthday and the gift i have is just the gift of just pain that i'm i'm going through right now being not being not being able to walk well except on the walker
1: <laughs> well joanne first of all happy birthday and and i'm so delighted that you called in so that we can share uh, this day with you and and giving thanks to the Lord for the gift of your life and the gift of your faith and and your faithful example to our listeners that that yes life is hard and and these sufferings come uh, but we turn to the Lord uh, for the strength we need uh, rather than getting angry that the Lord doesn't take it away right And, and you know I think of Mother Teresa of Calcutta in in the way that she would approach things very practically she most people never know knew that she had terrible migraine headaches for a whole period of her life and and she just no one knew it she never complained about it Uh, but they did x-rays on her head to see if there's a tumor and things like that and she just said that's my crown of thorns you know uh she just she immediately took that pain in her life and said, you know what, Jesus' head must have hurt an awful lot, too, with those thorns pressing into his head, skull. That's going to be my crown of thorns. And you, with your spinal stenosis, you know, that cross weighed heavy on Jesus' back, and and his back must have hurt. So you can say, okay, when my back is hurting, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to share in the carrying of your cross. You know, you be right here with me, Lord. You know, and that's the thing, too. The attitude with which we take the suffering we don't suffer alone. We never suffer alone. Jesus suffered so that we would know that we have a God who knows what suffering is like and he shares our suffering. He's with us every step of the way. So thank you for your beautiful faith and for the gratitude that you manifested, right? We can again, we can launch into the pity party about everything that's wrong. Let's be grateful for what we have. Let's be grateful for the blessings that are there because all of our lives have both blessings and crosses. And so to be conscious of those blessings is 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 to the way of gratitude, the way of trust, the way of peace in the midst of the sufferings. Thank you, Joanne, and, mm-hmm. and, and happy birthday.
0: Yeah, happy birthday, absolutely. Uh, Joanne, thanks for calling in. And if you'd like to call in and join the program today as we're talking with Father Joseph Johnson about suffering, how we face that suffering, how we can use that suffering for the good of the church, the good of the world. Um, maybe you're going through that suffering right now and would like to uh, have a little bit of advice, maybe a little encouragement as you're facing that difficulty, 888-914-9149, 914 uh, 9149 A lot of you on hold. We're going to try and get to as many phone calls coming up next here on The Inner Life, as many as we can. Stay with us. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Relevant Radio and on the Relevant Radio app. For being a part of the inner life today. I'm Josh Raymond, our spiritual director, Father Joseph Johnson, a priest in the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis, the pastor of Holy Family Catholic Church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. Today, talking about the suffering that we face in our lives, how we can face that, how we can unite that with Christ. And we're also taking your phone calls at 888-914-9149, again, 888-914-9149. And really quickly, before we go back to the phones, Father, I wanted to just point out one thing that Joanne said, the call right before we went to the break. You know, she sounded just so joyful. She said, I love my walker, you know, (laughs) I mean, somebody who is, is losing the use of their legs. She has this thankful attitude. I'm so thankful, she said multiple times. And it really took me back to, as you were talking about what St. Paul says in his letter to the Colossians, you know, that I I fill up what is lacking, I unite my afflictions, my sufferings with Christ. But at the beginning of that sentence, he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And hearing that kind of thankful, joyful attitude that Joanne has, similar to what St. Paul's talking about... I think it's natural to have that self-pity kind of attitude when we first face suffering. How do you think we can cultivate that attitude of joy when we do face suffering, when it hits us, you know, kind of blindsides us?
1: Well, you know, that's, that's a good question, because we have to. The pity party, it's a natural inclination, I'm suffering, I start to feel sorry for myself. But you have to break out of that. You can't stay in that, because that's poison, to the Spirit, uh, you know. And so the joy comes from from seeing the big picture, right? Uh, from seeing that my life has these blessings as well as these crosses, from seeing that this is a journey that I am sharing with Christ and he is with me. Uh, you know, the, the why me, why me? You know, obviously we feel that. And, and so we want to be honest and acknowledge that. You know, Jesus himself on the cross said, my God, My God, why have you forsaken me? You know he he's feeling the hurt. You know it, that doesn't sound like a very joyful you know explanation ex- exclamation there, except people use that line and they don't understand. He's quoting a psalm. You know, just like if if I were to say to you, Josh, Oh say, can you see? You know the rest of the words, right? It's it's the the national anthem, right? right. The Star Spangled Banner, but when Jesus is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's Psalm 22, right? The Psalm right before the Lord is my shepherd. And and yes, this Psalm has these moments of I'm really suffering. I'm really in of time. And yet by verse 3, it's saying, yet you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. In you, our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them right so verses 1 and 2 may sound really sad but 3 and 4 are already proclaiming trust and praise you know uh, and it goes that way through the whole psalm that yes i'm suffering but i'm going to tell of of your praises i know you're going to help me and that's probably what christ was saying was the whole psalm and not just that first line or at least in that first line he was communicating his faith In the whole psalm, the God that that is being spoken to in that psalm is a God not that just stands afar and watches us suffer, but a God who comes to our
0: rescue. Hmm. Father, uh, phone lines are almost completely full here. We've got a lot of people calling, and I wish we had a whole nother hour to (laughs) talk with people because there's so many people. Uh, that are dealing with that suffering in their lives. But um, let's go to Pamela. She's listening in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Hi, Pamela. You're on the air with Father Joseph Johnson.
4: Hi, Josh. Hi, Father. Um, I lost my husband. It's been almost a year. Um, it'll be uh, in May. It'll be a year. Um, it happened very quickly. He was got sick in March, and um, they sent him home for hospice. And uh, he he always said, um when he did his prayers, he said, Lord, you know, if I'm if I'm supposed to come home to you, I accept that. If not, you know, I you know, to be healed, that's okay too. He had a lot of faith. Um and what got me through was um I just trusted God. I I I never got mad at him. I wanted to. I wanted to as I was crying, I wanted to scream at him and say, Why did you take him? We had a good life. But then I'd realize, no, this was God's plan. Uh, my husband's in heaven, and um, I just—I that's what got me through was just trusting the Lord. And when I have sad days, which is still quite often, I just thank the Lord that because my husband could have suffered longer. I, I look at the the good part of it if that if that's possible. But um, I never got mad at him. I, I've never been mad at him. I wanted to, but I couldn't because I just know he's God, and this was his plan. And I. Um, I just trust him, and he 's making my life okay without him it 's not easy, but it 's okay. so I just praise God for that.
1: Well, Pamela, thank you for sharing that with us and i'm I'm so sorry in your loss uh, but it it sounds like you know again, when you 're grieving, it comes in waves. you have a good day, a bad day, a good minute, a bad minute. you know little things can trigger it and and all of this uh and and to allow yourself that right, our emotions. Uh, we need to be in healthy touch with our emotions, not to think it's a lack of faith when my emotions are sad. You know, no, that's natural. Uh, you know, but but through it, to see how the Lord is at work, you know, and you say, there's the temptation to say, why did you take him away? But do we say, thank you for giving him to me in the first place? <laughs> right? You know, uh, we wouldn't have the blessing of the love ones we have in our lives if the lord hadn't put them there in the first place and so that that your husband was a gift to you for how many years were you married pamela 22 years 22 years so a gift for 22 years thank you lord for you know we would have wanted another 50 years but thank you for the 22 that we had you know, and that's that's the way to to let it. And I hear that in what you've said, that gratitude that comes through. Uh, that again, and that gratitude proceeds from trust. When you said that, how can I get mad at him? He's God. There's not just that he's the big guy and I'm not. It's the, the trust that comes through that as well. That that you know he loves me, and so I know he's working in hidden ways through all of these things. And, and so it's not just that he has the power, he has the love to guide these things. And so I'm going to let him because he loves me. And so what happens to me, I can always trust I'm in your loving care. It may not feel good, but I know that you're with me. I know that you came down to share my sufferings on the cross. I know we'll get through this together. Because that's the other danger is that, that suffering makes us feel isolated and alone. And we're, not, we're never closer to Jesus than when we're hanging on the cross with him. And mm-hmm. to use that, that painful separation from your, your beloved spouse to say, okay, Lord, you know that's, that's the beautiful love that you gave me. It wouldn't hurt if it hadn't been a beautiful gift. Uh, And that's also the pain you feel when you're separated from your people that you love so much. But let me come close to you, Lord. And in you, I find my loved ones that have gone before, but I also find the consolation of your love uh, and that, that we will be reunited in your love on the
0: last day. I'm so sorry that we're out of time for the hour. Jenny, Adriana, Pat, Jennifer, Diane, I'm I'm so sorry we can't get to all the calls that are on the line here, but I want to thank you for listening. And if you missed any earlier portion of the program, go back and listen to the podcast and, and hear the encouragement from Father Joseph Johnson. Father, we've got about 15 seconds for a blessing here as we conclude the hour.
1: Lord, give your peace and consolation to all those who suffer. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Father Joseph Johnson, for being with us here on the program today. And I want to say thank you also to Nick Sentevich and to Lucas Holt for their help in producing the program today. And thank you for listening. And we'll be back on Monday, of course. Look forward to talking with you then. Stay tuned. Mass is next, and I hope you have a blessed weekend.